0: Live from the Las Vegas Strip in Las Vegas, Nevada, it's the sports betting preview show for October 30th of pregame.com podcast. Hello, everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Tommy Ryder, the Media Insider.
1: Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting.
0: (laughs) And I'm joined by my usual cast of characters. I got Maddie O'Shea, the GM of content for pregame. Sweet. I got the godfather, Marco D'Angelo. You know who
2: I am? I'm Mo Green. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders.
0: And we got the man, Vegas Runner.
1: Oh, my (laughs) God.
0: And uh, we should mention Marco, fresh off his big game of the year in college football, Navy. Just not even fair. Not, I mean, would you have inside information on that one, Marco? Not even close. Start to finish. Total domination. Thanks, uh, guys. It was. It was
2: pretty sweet. We nailed it right on the money. And um, actually, we'll get more to that when we get to our question
0: of the week this And week. you're now 24-5 and five, lifetime with that? Yes, I am. Thanks, That so tells much. me you're pretty old.
1: <laughs> but but that is a game of the year. If you ever won a game of the year, a blowout is, there is no better, man, than sitting back and knowing yeah, you got it in by halftime. Waiting for
0: Brian Westbrook to make a 40-yard run with a minute to go isn't the way to do it. it was hard attack, The ends
1: justify the, the means. Yeah, so as but, long but um, as the final results. results. No, I know. Exactly. Exactly. That was,
0: uh, I was talking you up for hours at my house. Mm-hmm. I was, that guy's the man. I I can't believe it. I was so impressed. Especially against your SMU Yeah, here. against my SMU. But okay, if, hey, if you're going to have a game of the year, SMU is the team to go to against. Go against. <laughs> but uh, we're going to start off with our water cooler story of the week. We're going to delve into the NBA, which for me, I could care less. To be honest, I'm not really an NBA guy. I, I, I don't I, know. I, I don't really. I don't have a. I don't have a connection to the sport. You know what? I, 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 I try to get into it, and it just. Uh, so I'm going to learn from you guys, uh, Maddie. Marco, Vegas runner, I know you guys love the NBA. This is your time of season. Maddie, when you're looking at the NBA early season, are there teams that are perceived to be better than they are, in your opinion? And can you find good line value there? I mean, I think all the
3: teams that are overly hyped, you know, as far as the odds makers when they put those win totals out, you know, are teams that you got to look at. Because that's really, you know, that gives you a good uh, kind of perception from their point of view, on I mean, what teams they think are really good. If they've got, you know, like I, I think one team in particular that is getting a lot of, you know, love early on is the 76ers since they added Elton Brand. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're they're getting beat uh, tonight and, you know, right out of the gates at home. That's one of those things where, you know, they might have been a big little bigger favorite just based on, you know, who they're adding the Cavs. You had Mo Williams coming in there. You know, they were able to – play pretty tough with the Celtics, you know, in the season opener. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. A lot of it's just seeing how those uh, those new acquisitions kind of settle in. It's going to take a few, you know, a few games, a few weeks maybe, before you see the, the true difference. I mean, I, being a big Bulls fan, I think it was it was fun watching Derek Rose out there last night um, in their season, in the Bulls season opener, just seeing what he can do exactly to make the other guys better. He, he's not going to have to, you know, average 20 points and, you know, 10 assists to be a – a superstar in this league right away. It's going to be what he does to the other guys like a Luel Dang and a Tyrus Thomas, who was kind of a bust going into this year. He, you know, he can make a guy like that into an all-star and that's where he has his value. And that's where I think, you know, the, a team like the Bulls could kind of turn things around because the one thing they lacked was a, a playmaker, somebody who could kind of get, you know, make the other players better. But, uh, you know, in answering the question really it's, it's kind of, you know, all the hype is on certain players, certain teams, you know, I like to look at teams that might be underrated going into the season because that's where you're going to have the line value early on.
0: Okay, now Vegas Runner, you came walking in here tonight with a twinkle in your eye. <laughs> you were all excited. You had the, the NBA board in front of you. I know you love the NBA.
1: What are you looking at early uh, in the season? I do. I, honestly, the reason I love basketball so much is, is because I enjoy betting it. Because there's just so much action you have to choose from. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're not limited, it really gives you the advantage. And when the odds maker only has 24 hours to put up a number, he's going based on his power ratings, adding in, you know, sprinkle a little public perception on top, and throwing out a number. And that's why I think it's a very beatable sport. Um, The thing with the NBA that differs from college is, college you're going to get 48 minutes, and most nights you're going to get everything from that team. Um, With the NBA, you really need to follow the team. I mean, sometimes you see a team go on on a road trip and they're just not into it. You know, and other times Mm -hmm. they return home and they're just not into it. It's a long season. What Maddie said, I totally agree with. Early on, you really, some teams are, are the value is just not there. You know, you're going to pay a premium for them because everybody knows coming out of the gate, these are the teams to look at. Um, your Boston's, your Detroit's, your Lakers. That don't mean they're not going to cover, but obviously you're not going to get a good price for them. Um, this season, I'm really excited because I saw a couple futures that that caught my eye, and I'm going to throw a couple at you. Um, I like Philly at the East. I'm, the power is Boston. The power is Detroit. But Boston at plus two fifty, I, I think there's just absolutely no value there, and I'm not going to wait till June to get two to one on my money. I saw the Philly. Uh, I saw Philly up at thirty to one. With Igudala not having to do everything, thirty
3: to one to win
1: the East, thirty to one to win it all. No, not no, to it win it all, it all yeah. to win it all. I don't, I don't like picking like little spots, conferences. I like to win it all because then when when the playoffs start, you have you could do a lot more with hedging when you have them to get to the to go the whole distance, especially in the NBA when when teams so many teams make the playoffs. That's all you need. You need a team with high value that's going to make the that playoffs. Hedge and at thirty own. to one, I think Philly does make the playoffs this year easily with this team. Um, out West, I'm really impressed by the Rockets at 8-1. Um, I even saw them a little higher at some spots. Artest and Battier, if they could get Artest to calm down and just play defense, they have what it takes to shut down Kobe. You're not going to shut him down. I take that back. But you can defend him. And they have two shut down guys with Artest and Battier. And finally, McGrady, again, he doesn't have to do everything this time around. I really think there's a lot of value with Houston. And I like the Suns at over 20-1. to I know D'Antonio's gone. I know they're going to have to resort to a new offense. But I agree with Charles Barkley. This team is... I think they're going to be able to, to adapt to it very well. I think they're going to learn to play playoff-style basketball. And they're not going to be a team that's just made for the regular season like they've been in well, the last couple years. Are you counting years. on
3: Shaq being healthy the whole year? I, mean, I haven't counted on Shaq being to, yeah. healthy since. Uh, to me, th- yeah, to me that's a big key to the Suns, and I, I think they're going to be below expectations just for that factor because I, I, just don't think. Yeah, I don't think you can count on the guy.
1: I mean, the West is going to be tough. You got the Lakers, New Orleans, and I mean, that's obvious. And like I said, the Rockets. But I think at 20-1 to 1 and higher, I really don't think that this Suns team should be that big of a dog. I really don't. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people with this half-court offense.
0: Well, I have one question. What team is Theo Ratliff on, though? <laughs> Has he played for every team? I, <laughs> More or less. I, I think he's played for teams that aren't even in existence anymore. <laughs> You'll have to Google it's, them. <laughs> yeah. Marco, I know you like to take a wait-and-see approach to the NBA. Is that, is I, that correct? I do the same thing in baseball.
2: Uh, when multiple sports are going on, I try to concentrate on the main sport, and I will devote my entire attention to football until Thanksgiving. Once you get Thanksgiving weekend, college football is wrapped up pretty much. You'll have just the championship games and that. But I will make spot plays in the first three weeks. You know, There will be situations that I will see something that stands out, and I'll make a play. And as I've always done from day one in this business, I don't put out a play unless I got my money on it. If my money's going out, my customers are getting it. Um, one point that I will make, that building on what uh, VR said, is that the 24-hour time frame, that is a huge factor. Sharp guys can find spots that the numbers are soft. But just for the reason that I said, I wait because I want to concentrate on one sport, the disadvantage that the lines maker has is he's got to concentrate on multiple sports. The month of November is the hardest month on the odds makers because absolutely got, everyone uh, say exactly you right. has to right. do college football, NFL, hockey's going on college basketball. College concerts. basketball will start to you know in later in November, and you got NBA. There's going to be mistakes made, and you can find it. And so I will look. I'll find a couple spots, and I'll put a play out. But I won't be going full bore until about the third week of the season. That's my approach to it.
3: No. And, I, and I noted that on the forums actually today in response to somebody. is just that, you know, to me, the NBA is, is the, the sport that I look at trends more than any other sport just because teams are so hot and cold, you know, both scoring and covering the spread. You know, sometimes if a, if a team's cold and they, they're going to go through a rough patch scoring, you know, you're, there's going to be those over, over-under trends just as, as well as a team like, like Houston that caught fire last year and, you know, won over 20 games in a row. I mean, that, that's you're going to see that and you want to ride those those streaks.
0: So now, just I'm trying to find a way to make this a college basketball conversation. You guys had said the 24-hour thing, which interests me. I'm actually going to make this a pregame golden nugget because I've heard it before, and I just want to get your opinions on it. So, would you say I've heard before that like college basketball is the easiest sport for sharps to make money, and simply because of that, there's so many games in the 24-hour turnaround. Would you say gambling-wise, basketball is an easier sport than football to make money in for your casual
1: better? If you approach it professionally, and you don't approach it as for entertainment, um, what I am t- mean is that the odds maker is obviously going to focus more attention on the ESPN game, the TNT game. Mm-hmm. But where the Sharps make the majority of their money, um, when I was a runner, I mean, a lot of times there were these schools I never... I, I'll tell you the truth. Coming from Philadelphia and betting through bookmakers instead of sports books, a lot of these teams, the added board, we never even had a shot to bet at. I didn't even know, you know, that lines were out for these teams. Um, so I came out here, and all of a sudden, I'm looking for Louisiana Lafayette's, and I'm looking for Fordham's, and you know, just schools like that. And I think that is where you get your edge as far as the 24-hour turnover, because the odds maker on games like that, here's what he's gonna do. He knows that. When it comes to wise guys, they have a set power rating, and this is what the number they think it should be. His lines are going to be as close to that as possible because what he's trying to do is defend them from betting. Okay? Then he's going to, again, have to sprinkle on some public perception if it's a TV game, and that's where they'll come in and and find an edge. But if you are a casual betting fan and you are willing to put in the work you will find that those lines, those ratings that he is using are not accurate at all. I mean, they're just, uh, they're they're based on strength and not actually on what is happening. So much goes on during a season, during a week, during an afternoon that isn't into the line. What's in the line is simply strength rating. That's it. And I think if you could pick up a conference, a colonial conference, something like that, and really dig into it and make that your goal for this year you can do some damage. You really could. Marco? One of the things that I love about college basketball is
2: you have an opportunity as a better. Most people are not high rollers. They're at casual bettors. They might be betting 20 to $50 mm-hmm. a game, maybe $100 a game. They're not really rolling big money. And when you get into a Saturday in football, you look at the games all week long for one day of action. So you end up taking a chance of overexposing yourself because you bet more games than your bankroll really is set up to bet. But in college basketball, you're playing seven days a week. So you can get seven times the amount of money in with never exposing your bankroll. You could be playing three games a day and at the end of the week, oh, you've had 20 plays. Yeah, you've 21 sense. plays out there to, to build your bankroll, where you can't go into Saturday unless you're a Vegas runner and play 21 <laughs> and play 21 games on a Saturday. But for the average better, and that's what I've always loved. And, and my style, you know, whether it be playing sports, playing poker, whatever, I've always been on the conservative nature. You know, you know our you know pregame president R J Bell. When me and him go play cards together, he's more reckless than me. I'm moving my chips. When I'm moving the big chips, I'm holding the nuts, okay? And, you know, I want to know that I've got the best. Sure. And so that's is that why a, he's
0: better than you? He take
1: he gets paid off more than me. That's why. I'm interested people, to see how he does in this year, Tommy, with the NBA and, and college basketball. And I know you're going to go into it 100%. Because it's, it's set up for guys like yourself to do mm-hmm. well. Guys that are really into... Strategy, guys that are really into philosophy of, of of a coach of a team, history between the two teams meeting each other. It really is. It's the kind of sport that someone that that reasoning is is what how you break down a game. Right. I think it's set up perfectly for you to do well. I'm really interested to watch it, see how he the, does. The this
2: thing year. that you do, Tommy, with you know the way you've looked at the NFL and with your contacts and being around the Patriots locker room, you know how from week to week they don't bring their A game. Right and as VR mentioned earlier, that's the biggest thing in the NBA. nothing drives me more insane is to watch a ten-point favorite trail for three quarters, and and then you know they, they put on a sixteen-point fourth quarter yeah. and win by six laying ten.
1: And they're talking about going back to the room to play PlayStation, you know, and <laughs> NBA two thousand nine. You
2: know, you'll you'll find the the ebb and flow of the NBA and the teams and a lot of handicappers do scheduling dynamics. They'll look at flow charts as far as teams with playing back-to-back games or when they play with one day in between. Some people will think, you know, when a team will play, whether well, they're on the road and if they're doing a, like a New Jersey, New York road trip and they're in the big city, they're you know, they play Friday night and then they don't play Saturday and they play Sunday. You know, a lot of people believe that's suicide for that team because you put them in New York or a city like that, away from home on a Saturday sure. night, you know, that that road team's going to go out. There, there's all kinds right. of angles out there. Wait okay. till we get a team out here.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll work out well. That'll never
1: happen. I'll be hanging out at every happened. titty bar barn sightseeing who's
3: hanging <laughs> yeah. out. Well,
0: I, could, I know it's going to work out well because during the summer league, I saw all the basketball players at those titty bars. Yeah, so that's, I'm sure the, I mean, that's exactly that's why, why they have a team. Yeah, bar. I'm sure the real NBA players won't go out to them. <laughs> but, uh, well, that was a great discussion, guys. I learned a lot. Um, we are going to be coming back with our game of the week, actually games of the week, Florida, Georgia, uh, Texas Texas Tech you're listening to the sports betting preview show for August 30th we'll be right back
3: this is Matty O'Shea pregame.com's GM of content and I'm here to tell you about the pregame wire which is your source for breaking sports betting news giving you injury and lineup alerts each and every game day if a key player is out the pregame wire will tell you before you bet the game giving you the edge you need to be a smart and informed better For fantasy football players, the pregame wire is also a must-visit page to find out who is in and who is out of your lineup every week. Just go to pregame.com
0: and click Wire Alerts on the left side to get the pregame wire alerts right now. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Sports Betting Preview Show for October 30th, a pregame.com podcast. Coming up in our next segment, we're going to have our email question of the week and our uh, weekly podcast selections. But right now, we're going to take a look at the game of the week. We actually couldn't choose, so we picked two of them. Florida, Georgia, Texas, Texas Tech. The reason we picked them both, the winners have clearly an edge to to play in the national title game. It's it's a weird weekend in college football because there's not many huge – there's these two huge games right here and then kind of a bunch of other games, but it doesn't get much bigger than this. Vegas runner – Florida, Georgia, we all know what I think of Georgia. I think the most overrated team in the league in college football. Although I did have them last week because I thought LSU is also overrated and they were a favorite. Did that butt whooping that they gave LSU at home, did that bring this line down or is this about where you expected it to be?
1: Um, to tell you the truth, I-, I expected exactly what you said. I thought that that beating they gave LSU was going to really influence this line a lot more than it did. Um, the, the problem is that Florida also gave LSU a beating. Um, mm-hmm. So that kind of washes out. Um, I was a little bit surprised that the line is 6, 6.5 that they opened it at. It's 6, 5.5 in some shops now. Uh, according to the LVSC, this line should have been, you know, 3 at most. Um, I really don't know why it came out so high. Uh, still, I started breaking down the game. And uh, what I realized is, So far, the betting action is about 55-60% towards Florida, which is expected. And they're expecting a lot of Florida teasers come game day just for them to have to win. That pretty much is one of the bigger reasons why the line is as high as it is. Um, Florida's been covering this year. Georgia, they're about 50% for their backers. So going in, I think people have a better feeling with Florida. They've celebrated more wins. They've cashed more tickets. So I believe the public perception... And I think the odds maker's perception going in was that the books were going to get heavier action on Florida than they would on Georgia. Because like you said, I think a lot of people don't believe in Georgia as much. Um, LVSC has Florida number three, I believe. um, And they got Georgia number six. Uh, You look at the uh, BCS and Florida's number eight, Georgia's number six. So again, LVSC's perception and and, the media's perception are two totally different things. Uh, looking at that game, what I liked about Georgia was one thing. Their offensive line was getting so much criticism, and slowly but surely, they are improving as the season goes along. Are they ready to face Florida? That, that'll that be answered Saturday. Uh, the other thing that surprised me was seeing that Stafford, his stats are a lot better than Tebow's. You know, he's thrown for 500 yards more. He's touchdown-to-interception ratio is about the same Completion ratio is about the same. So it looks like Tebow's learning how to win without having to do everything. Um, like I said, they both got a big win at LSU. Georgia's, I think, was a little more... It wasn't as expected as, as Florida's was. Um, the thing that, that I want to get back to with the line is Florida was a six and a half point favorite against LSU. They were at home. Mm-hmm. Georgia was a pick versus LSU on the road. Um, what that means is if Georgia was playing at home, they too would have been a six-point favorite. Because being a pick'em on the road, take three for home field, add three for Georgia's home field, so they would have been six. So according to how these lines have been coming out for both these teams, this game, you know, should have been a pick'em with the home team being favored, according to that. And even LVSC's numbers, like I said, show only a three-point difference. Um, I think this. Once again, the value is on the Georgia side as far as the point spread. But can they deliver? Because like Tommy said, are they for real? You mm-hmm. know, Florida, I have no doubts. That team is for real. And if they could run the table from here on in, they deserve to be oh, in the yeah. national championship. So um, I'm interested to watch this game. I think it's going to be a very telling game. Uh, it should answer a lot of questions as far as the SEC is concerned.
0: Yeah, and uh, one quick thing I just want to mention is Georgia hasn't been able to stop the run. They're not big up front. But the two teams they played, Alabama and LSU, are power running teams. Florida is a speed-based running yeah, it's team. Yeah, right. And Georgia has quickness. So that's the part of the game for me where I'm kind of stuck. Because if Florida can't power run like LSU and Alabama did, I think Georgia's got a good chance with their speed to contain them. Because I think they can stop Tebow on the spread. It's just I worry about the interior of that defense. And it seems
1: like the sharp money's... Agreeing with you, because like I said, according to ratings, according, and I know the Sharps ratings are as close to Ken White's as, as as you could imagine, and for them not to jump on the six, I mean, yeah, sure, it got down to five and a half at some spots, because people like to take the plus six, um, but for them not to hammer it when it's at least three points off of what power, their real power ratings show... I think they have a lot of questions that they need answered before they get there. Well,
0: you're talking to me into Georgia. The last time that happened was uh, week one when you talked me into Clemson over Alabama. I know. I, I,
1: I, yeah, you might see me on Florida come uh, Saturday.
0: So, Marco, I, I know you've been breaking these games down. What do you got for us? Well,
2: two things that I'm going to point out. Uh, you touched on one. The key to the game is going to be, to me, I think the team that runs the ball is going to win the game. Uh, both teams pass the ball You know, pretty much the same. Stratford has the better numbers, but Tebow has that element that when he, you know, puts the ball down oh, and a, he takes off, with closer. It, that's, you know, that's going to be a big part of this game. I think he's going to end up running more in this game than he has in any of the other games. Um, I look at Florida this year's team versus last year's team. And if I sat here and asked you for three guys, is this edition better than last year's team? Me personally, I thought they were a young team last year and they were a year away. Mm-hmm. They were a seven-point favorite last year in the outdoor cock- cocktail party, which we're not allowed to call it that anymore, which we drives can call me nuts. No we
3: um,
2: they were seven-point favorite last year. Granted, they lost, but the linesmaker made them a seven-point favorite last year. And basically, these two teams are the same teams that they were last year, but I think Florida, to me... Was a year away last year. Georgia come on strong at the end of the year
0: where Florida didn't. That was kind of their coming out party against Florida when they beat when they beat them down.
2: So I mean, if you look from last year, the line's not that far, you know, out of whack. It's a little bit less. Um, so and let's not you know belabor the point, but Florida is one point away from being the number one mm-hmm. team in the country. Florida doesn't have the hiccup against Ole Miss. Thirty-one, thirty. They are the number one team in the country without, you uh, might without be a question. Future tickets right, without <laughs> a question. So it's going to be a good game. What I'm going to do with the game right now? I'm still on the fence, but you know, if you put the gun to my head, I'm probably leaning to the Florida side at this point.
0: All right, and it's yeah, the winner is definitely going to have an inside track to that SEC title game sure. and, and national, and the national championship. championship. There's no if, they they by, if they can get by Alabama, who should be there as well. You know, one thing I'll just say, I'm not a big Matthew Stafford fan as far as the NFL because I don't think he has intangibles, but that guy's got the strongest arm I've ever that's, seen. Yeah, that's ever they say. Seen. I've heard that from a few I, He people. was rolling out last I week, and he had two people, guys man. draped over him. He threw a 25-yard out that would have made John Elway proud. I mean, that I guy's got that a cannon a for an arm. People. So, what, you know, hey, Florida secondary's played well. They haven't played a quarterback quite Can like Stafford yet. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. But moving on to our second game, Texas-Texas Tech. Speaking of quarterbacks, Matty, Graham Harrell, Colt McCoy, there's no stopping these big 12 overs. They keep trying to put those numbers up at 75. It's not scaring me off, baby. You give me two offenses like that, I'm betting the over. Uh, what do you think about this game? Do you think it's going to be high scoring like everyone else thinks?
3: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's it's heading that way. Um, I, I think the only thing I'll say about it is, you know, I think it, it goes against Texas. Texas. In terms of you know trying to turn this into a shootout, I don't think they want to be in a shootout with with Texas Tech. Just like Oklahoma State, you saw last week, um, you know didn't want to be in a shootout with Texas. You know they played to their strengths, tried to you know keep keep it on their pace and everything. The one thing I wanted to add real quick about the Georgia game. Is, is that, you know, because we, we're talking about Heisman Trophy candidates, and I think the X factor for Georgia in that game is no Sean Moreno. And I agree with Marco that the running game is, is a, definitely, you know, one of the key factors in that game. I mean, you know, Marco's right. You know, Florida was a seven-point favorite. They, they lost 42-30 in that game. You know, let's not forget that they've actually Georgia's covered the last couple meetings. Matthew Stafford, you know, knows how to play against them. And you got no Sean Moreno coming off a huge statement game last week where the LSU fans, I put a little blog up last week about how the LSU fans called him out, kind of got his cell phone number and were dialing him up, trying to talk trash to him. He he had a huge stat, like Heisman-type game. They're going to need that kind of Heisman game. Now, going to the Texas Tech game, you know, we've got Michael Crabtree and and Graham Harrell and those two guys. I mean, it's going to be hard to stop them, especially at at home. Um, You know, I think it's going to be the most interesting part of this game is what's going to happen if this is a close game. I think that's Marco's bookie, calling. Again uh, with
0: the phone, Marco. How many weeks in a row Marco this? Marco has his bookie on payment he's plan. He's trying not
3: to, to pay off uh, another week for Marco. But uh, anyway, um, you know, it's going to come down to whether uh, you know, this is a close game or a blowout. I think last week we saw Texas handled a close game pretty well you know, against Oklahoma State. But what's going to happen with Texas Tech with their kicker situation, too, if this is a close game? Are they, somebody made a joke, are they going to start going for two after every touchdown, you know, or something like that, you know, is that going to be the difference, or is it going to be Texas, you know, just kind of playing the way, they're battle-tested going into this game, too, I mean, Texas Tech is coming off kind of a surprising, uh, easily win at Kansas, a lot of people like Kansas in that game, and, you know, this is going to be a different animal, though, Texas is not Kansas.
0: Vegas runner, it seems to me that Texas is the most hated team by the by the gambling public. That's just what I wrote Every down, game they open up as a favorite, and the line drops two points five minutes later. Again, opened at six, down to four. What's going on here? That's what I just
1: wrote. People are like, they're going to bet against this team until so they, they lose. finally cash a ticket. Ken White must I mean, hate
0: this team.
1: Where? They did it with Oklahoma. They did it with Missouri. They did it with Oklahoma State. And now they're going to come back and do it with Texas Tech again. That the people are going to bet the dog there. They want to see Texas lose. I don't know why. Um, the, the truth of this game is, what I was looking at is, the problem is Texas's pass defense. They just can't stop anyone. Um, What's saved them so far this year is their ability to get to the quarterback. Yep. The difference is, Texas Tech has allowed three sacks the whole season. Um, so, will they be able to get pressure? Or is he going to sit back and pick them apart? And it will become a high-scoring game who has the ball last. You know, like Matty said, Texas will want to avoid that. But wanting to do something, being able to do something, are two totally different things. And Texas Tech has shown me they have the ability to pass on anyone. Whether you want them to or not, they're going to pass the ball. Um, that offensive line is stuck. Uh, the, the one thing that bothers me about Texas is they can't run the ball. I mean, their quarterback is a great passer, and yet he leads the team in rushing. So... I think with a game like this, they're going to be forced to have to run. They need to establish the run somehow, some way. But if you keep trying to do that and Texas Tech gets ahead on you, then it's going to be trouble. So if they have to decide going in. Mac Brown's got to say, are we go- guys, are you ready for a shootout and see who scores 70 and wins the game or who has the ball last? Or could we go and play Smash Mouth football and beat this team? Take the wrong approach, and you might not be undefeated when this one's said and done.
0: Right, and uh, just one thing—that's how I, I, I'm not going to take the game. I don't think, but just. This is how I think it's going to go. I think Texas Tech's is going to get out to an early lead, a big lead because I think this is the fourth game in a row Texas is going to have to try to get up for and they're still 20-year-old kids. Yeah, That's it's tough, man. So I think Tech's going to get out to a lead. I think Texas is going to come roaring back. Who's going to win? Is that I don't exactly know.
3: exactly what happened last
0: year? Yeah. That that happens a lot in that series where uh, you have these crazy wild I think this one's going to be I can't wait to watch I game, think this huh? is going to be a crazy game. Yeah. They, they can set the over to wherever they want. I'm and thinking, it's still going no, no, it okay, out. Okay. Here, I, I don't know if
1: I'll give I, I wouldn't bet the under, I'll tell you. No, that.
0: I wouldn't bet the under. So,
2: Marco, do you, do you have anything hockey. on this game? Well, I had a couple points, and you, you nailed the first one. I mean, last week, you know, I said, I can't remember when a team has played three consecutive top ten teams. Now i got to say, I can't remember when a team has yeah. played four consecutive top ten. But with that said, that's going to have Texas an advantage. They've been through everything already this year. And last week's close game was probably the best thing in the world that could happen to this team because Texas Tech played really a cupcake of a schedule. They have not played anybody yet, so we don't know what's gonna happen when they get slapped in the face. Texas has already been there. They were down to Oklahoma, came back. They withstood furious rally by Oklahoma State. They stood there. Like you said, they're getting no respect from the public From the betters, it's they all almost have an us against the world mentality, and you know I've seen a New England Patriot team use
1: that kind of mentality, you know, to win championships. So you don't believe Texas Tech wins over Massachusetts and SMU or. We're, we're, SMU was in that game for half a quarter. For, first of <laughs> all, that SMU You don't put game. stock in that went over UMass. They
2: only beat SMU 43-7. to 7. Navy beat them
0: 34-7. SMU played tough defense in that game. You're actually just going to walk in there and throw all over SMU, let me tell you. You got another thing
2: coming. But the one thing that I fear in the game is, I and mean, this could actually be an advantage to Texas Tech, because of the kicking issue, they're going to have situations that they're going to have to go on fourth down. Oh, that Michael Leach goes for it on his own
0: thirty-five. I've seen him do it twice this yeah. year. It's
2: that is crazy. That can, you know, that can work to their advantage if they they convert because now Texas has to make stops on four And, downs. and they got four down exactly. Right. They got
1: four down first. It
2: can backfire. Right,
0: those too. are big momentum changers right. for the game. So yeah.
2: it's gonna it's gonna be a very. I think it's the most entertaining game on the schedule this this one Wanted the best this yeah. year. I
3: can't wait to watch it, Matty. I just have to correct something because I'm sure somebody will point it out on the uh, on the forums when we post this. It was actually two years ago. that Texas Tech jumped up to a 24-7 lead and lost in Lubbock. 30, it was in Lubbock, 30, 40, right? Yeah, the last meeting yeah. at Texas. That's Tech. what I meant. In they Lubbock, there seem to be crazy 31. games in yeah. Lubbock. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Texas just whoops them at home a lot of times. I know, but in Lubbock, that Lubbock. That's never, I've never I've never I've never been there, but it <laughs> sounds like either. a crazy crazy place. <laughs> but uh, there, those are our two games. Um, those are the, we we feel both of those the winners of these games will have front front row seats yeah. possibly for the national title game. Um, and so you know what time it is now. <laughs> it's it's time for the bad beat of the week. Um, for me, it's the good beat of the week. I was right? yeah, yeah, it, the it, it was a great uh, spank job for you. <laughs> but it, wow, it, it was uh, my NFL game of the year was on the Eagles. And like all my games of the years go, they had to go down to the final seconds. As long for as you cash a ticket, it
1: doesn't but, uh, really matter. But If you had Atlanta,
0: I mean, this was a tough one to take. You're down 20 to 7. Matt Ryan drives you down 20 14, three minutes to go. To go. They force the Eagles to punt. At worst, you know, you're going to go four downs or whatever. And gonna they punt the ball. The, the ref said the guy touched it. He didn't touch it. I, I mean, and then you just have the terrible luck of Mike Smith not having any timeouts. And I heard the announcer say, well, he's a young coach. He's got to learn to have a timeout. He was calling his timeouts to, stop the, to save
1: time. From earlier. That's sure.
0: how you call. I mean, you can't think about something like that. So, okay, well, now the Eagles are just going to run out the clock. First down, two-yard loss, second down. In my opinion, pound for pound, the best player in the NFL right now, Brian Westbrook breaks it. Gone, and I'll tell you what the the sun was coming down in Philly, and it was hard to see the screen. And he started dancing at the five. I thought I thought that SLB was going to take a knee like knee he did against the ball. Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> and if he had done that, and that would have been the bad beat of the week. Oh yeah, yeah he that done, would have done that. You'd have seen this, him this,
1: get a beating this, from Philly. I would right? have been I'll calling you, you in
0: Philly. I'll but, tell you uh, that. I know I know a lot of us had had the Eagles but I'm sure there was some people out there that had the Falcons and that's a tough tough beat right there I didn't see it live Tommy but when I
2: saw the replay all I could think of Br was the San Diego-Oakland
0: game <laughs> earlier in the <laughs> year yeah.
2: <laughs> when LT, you know, they're running out the clock and went down the
0: sideline. And, and he had to BR. break it. But as, as I was telling it's amazing. When I was cold, I couldn't buy a game like that. I mean, it, no, it, when you're it, hot, everything, it's, it's it's every so, bounce goes I away. wish somebody sure. would do a study on that because I really think somehow it's mental. It's something mental. That's where the phrase riding the rush. Yep. You ride the a, rush. Because things just
1: seem to go well, you know when you need a break now? you get it or 17 and 17 and 2, 17 and two. He, he cashed again last
0: night He's yeah, man. So, 13
3: straight college
2: football yeah or?
0: 13 straight in college football wow, that's uh that's sick so uh yeah it's it's better than uh than getting sworn at on the forums uh
1: that's I've not been there. Done
0: that. That's not as much fun. I, I gotta tell you. But uh, no, but
1: they'll cheer oh, you in then. Then guys will. No, cheer you those in. When guys. you're doing well, they'll cheer you in. But those they'll, guys. They'll let my you bad. know it if you're not. Oh yeah, good fellow. <laughs> he's always
0: got. He's always got everyone's back. He's always
1: gonna cheer you. But in. that's
0: the bad beat of the week. We're gonna come back with our email question of the week. Very good question this week. Our weekly selections will be right back on the sports betting preview show. Hi, this is Tommy Ryder from Pregame.com. The Pregame Cheat Sheet features everything you need to bet on the top. TV games including team tips, top trends, and key injuries each and every game day, all on one page. The Pregame.com content team also gives you their top consensus side and total plays of the day to help you beat the books. Visit the Pregame.com homepage now to get info worth betting on today's top games and make sure to start your day with the Pregame.com cheat sheet. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Sports Betting Preview Show for October 30th, the pregame.com podcast. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to have our weekly selections. But first, our email question of the week, and I'm going to throw that over to Marco. Marco, what do you got for us?
1: Ooh, could that be email coming my way?
2: Well, this week we've got a good question from player693333, and he will be getting a $25 coupon uh, in his email tomorrow for him to use to get any of the hot cappers that we've got at pregame pros. This was a great question. Yeah, he's week. a great
1: addition to a forum. I always look at that. He, he is. And, he's you know,
2: actually, we should have gave out about four assists to this question because once he came in with the question, we had three or four posts where people built on that question. So this is going to be a pretty good and enlightening segment. And the question was, how do pro cappers come up with triple dime plays, games of the year, games of the month, etc.? Do you guys know well in advance, and does it depend on if you have won or lost the last few bets? Thanks. Um, this is a great question. I'm going to go ahead and take it here first because, you know, I guess I've been around the longest. You guys keep reminding me. But one of the assists that we had for this question, uh, pregame forum regular Chuck O'Luck was in there and brought out um, a thing about me. Chuck's been a customer of mine back for 20, we go back 20 years. Chuck
0: knows more about you than you do.
2: You know, that's scary, because I think you're right. But uh, he brought out the fact that I always have my game of the year, third or fourth week of October. And uh, generally, I have my warm-up game of the year, third week, and the lock of the year, the fourth week. And how can that be? Well, the thing is with me, October has always been my best month of handicapping football. October and November. And there's a reason for that. September, the first couple weeks of September, it's a new season. You don't know for sure the strengths and weaknesses of the teams. Plus, so many teams play cupcakes in September. So for guys that break down numbers, the numbers are skewed the first month of the season because you've got teams that just pulverize little sisters of the poor in the first couple weeks. So you don't know how to really gauge how good they are and what those numbers mean. Once you get into the month of October, you're into conference play. You're at the beginning of conference play. So it's the meat of the season. Every team is still alive. You don't have that factor of throwing in the towel to deal with. That's why I love October to handicap. It's the purest month to handicap. What you also get at that time is as the season develops and teams start moving around in rankings, you have those marquee games where you're going to have the highs and lows. A team is going to be way up to play a big game, and then they're going to be flat the following week. And from that, I'm going to segue into my game of the year last week. You guys, you know, gave me a lot of props on the game, you know, and I appreciate that. The guys on the forums, you know, there's nothing better in this business when you pick a game correctly and you're dead on with your analysis. And my net, my Navy SMU play was dead on. Um. Guy missed the extra point, or I would have had the projected margin. No, I right didn't. I
0: didn't read in your analysis that they weren't going to throw a pass all game.
2: Well, you know, I didn't expect that, but uh, <laughs> we did say that they would rush for three fifty to four hundred yards, and they they ran the ball seventy seven yeah, times. Marco's before so before. good; he
0: has to have games of the years where the other team doesn't even where his team doesn't even throw a pass. We'll just run it. <laughs> we'll give we'll give you a, we'll give you a puncher's chance. We're not even going to pass. We'll just run the ball. But the situation in
2: that game was, you had a situation for SMU. Everybody looked at that and said, my God, they're getting 12 points. This team scores like crazy. The two previous weeks, they had scored 38 points in a 44-38 loss to Houston. The week before that, they played Tulsa, and they lose 37-31. Should have won both games. Tulsa you know, is a you know, ranked team. They, Houston is an in-state rival. Those were two big games, and they were both at home. Now they were going on the road to play Navy. A team that is not a conference game for them, means nothing for them to go play Navy, and they're playing a team that runs an offensive attack that they never see. Who, you know, who runs the triple option, you know, they don't do it. You know, and it was a beautiful setup. I felt that they would never, their defense would not be able to stop Navy all day. And they didn't. I mean, I think Navy had two punts in the game. You know they rolled up and down the field. I even lost my starting quarterback in the first second series of the game, and the other guy come in and, and was great. So it, those are the things that I look Doesn't at.
0: Matter. He's got third team quarterbacks <laughs> not throwing passes. <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> but it's situations like that that when you're deeper in the season, certain games mean more. So there is a time of the year that I like, and I'm not saying that there's not going to be more of those situations later in the year because I'm going to have a conference game of the year when I find it. But these are what I do, and that's how I break down the games, and it's been highly successful for me.
1: And uh, that's my take on the question, VR. Well, I, 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 that, that's a great point. You brought up a lot of great points and valid points about when, when you feel most confident is obviously when you should have your biggest games. Um, I think to answer this question, I think what player also wants to know is what constitutes a game of the year? Why do guys have game of the years every day or every week or why does they only have it on a Sunday, you know? And and to tell you the truth is if you see a guy who has a game of the year every day, I'm not one to bash anybody, but... um. Let's just tell it like it is. It's a marketing ploy if that's what a guy's doing. And and if you're buying it just because you see it's a guy's game of the year, then you deserve to lose a game of the year. When you see someone like Marco who's going to give you one game of the year, one conference game of the year, or one Big Ten game of the year, then that means he's found a situation. He's looking for a spot. Okay, he's not looking the market. It's not a marketing ploy. But when you got a guy who's got his Southwestern Conference game of the year, his Patriot League game of the year, every day there's a new game of the year, to me, that's a marketing ploy. And then we call them scam cappers, not handicappers. And let me tell you, anyone buying their games bet more than the guy who put out the game. Um, so that I don't respect. Um, as far as having a three-star uh, triple-dime play, I believe... And because I, I could tell you from fact, because I bet for a lot of the sharpest people, guys that made money, that actually do make money betting sports. And I could tell you for fact, sure, the Kelly criteria is great. It's, it, it's better in, in theory than it is in practice. Sure, betting 3% of your bankroll sounds great. But the bottom line is, none of these wise guys do that. It's impossible. And let me explain why. When a, when a buy order goes out and it says Navy minus six, you have every runner in town that works for that guy looking for Navy minus six and underneath him calling every out we have to find Navy minus six. So here's what happens. Two hours before the game, an hour before the game, he wants to know how much he's got on the game from all these people that bet that game for, for this syndicate. It's impossible to get the same amount on every game. Some games the the line won't move quick enough. Some games have limits. So there are these, there are games, there are situations that you want to be getting down heavier on. I'm not one that believes you have to bet the same set amount every game. Sure, that's that's a great practice and it's a disciplined one and it will serve you well. But there is a time when the edge is greater and you have to take advantage of that edge. Um, unlike cards, like when you look at blackjack players, card counters, it's the only form of gambling that with each, you know, card that comes out, probabilities change. So for them to make their profit, there's going to be a hand every two hours, three hands every four hours that they have to load up on. Um, so playing conservatively or, or, or is not going to get it done. And it's the same with sports betting. When you have a game like Marco had his Navy, why would you ever want to make it, bet it for the same amount you did a regular play? It just don't make sense. So when you see somebody that is a professional handicapper, a professional better, let me rephrase that, who's a professional sports better, and they have a big play, put the name to the side. We, we like I'll name it a game of the year. I'll name it a game of the month just because that's the game. That's how it's played. And the only way I could get my message across is to label it like that. I didn't set the rules. I didn't make the rules. But to get my point across, I need to follow them. So for me to let my players know, VR's got a big game. I'm gonna let them know this is a game of the month for me. That that means I'm betting bigger. This is a game of the year for me. I'm betting bigger. This is my three star every day. I'll have a three star because every day I'm gonna like a game more than any other game on the card. Sure, it's not gonna be one I'm gonna have a two star and the other one's gonna be ten stars. There's not that big of a discrepancy, but there is gonna be games that you like more. There are gonna be edges. You know where your probabilities of cashing are higher, and if you're not going to take advantage of that, you know that you're playing into the hands of the books, and that's what they want you to do. That's my take on it. I mean, I'm not ashamed to have a game of the year. I'm actually I look forward to it because that means I have a game I'm about to unload on. But as far as, it, you know, I'm not going to lie and say it isn't a market employee for so many handicappers out there. That's why you see them on a Saturday, you see every 50 game of the years, and you won't see it on a Tuesday night game. You know? It is what it is.
3: Maddie, <laughs> Well, uh, I think uh, what both you guys said was, was accurate. I mean, it's I've learned from both of you, just the way you've kind of handled the situations. I mean, and <laughs> You know, it's a lot of, to me, what I've learned the most when, I, when I'm coming up with the game of the year, game of the month, et cetera, is that it's all about confidence. Me and Tommy had a conversation about this earlier, actually, because he was talking about his LSU Florida play a couple of weeks ago and just how much he loved that play. But just because he was kind of in a slump at the time, he didn't feel confident making that a big play. And I think, you know, now it would probably be his game of the year in a heartbeat if it was this weekend, just Good because point, he's yeah. on fire. And, like, the same thing goes. I think that's really kind of a telltale thing. What you were talking about, VR, was just that, you know, if there's, like, scandy cappers or whatever, if a guy's throwing – if it's the end of the month and you see a guy doing, like, five game of the months, game of the years, and he hasn't been playing well, that's defi- – and he hasn't been picking games well, that's a sure sign that he's just trying to make money for you. Exactly. If, if he's hot and he is doing well, then it's justified because if he, that means he's just trying to ride that wave and he feels like anything he's going to touch is going to turn to gold for his customers.
1: And it goes and no back reason. to that question. Not yeah. to interrupt you, Matty, back to exactly what player's point was. Do you bet more because you're winning? And that's something you got to do. Because if you're winning, that means your bankroll's increasing. So if your bankroll's increasing, your bet size you should be increasing.
3: Hot that's why
1: win. I keep a, an account balance in my threads. And sometimes my hands are strapped, and I tell even Marco... Dude, I want to make this a game of the month so bad. I want to make this a four-star or five-star so bad. But because I have, you know, had a bad week, and I know my players' pockets aren't where they should be to handle this kind of bet, I can't do it because I have to respect the bankroll we're playing with. But when you're winning, like Matty just said, and you see your capper giving out games of the year, you need to be happy. What that means is he's increasing his bet, and he's increasing his bet because his bankroll's increasing so, obviously, if your bankroll's increasing, your bet size should be increasing.
3: Yeah, and if he happens to lose and he puts it to the end, you know, you still were with him on that ride leading up to that, hopefully, because you stuck with him. And that's, I you agree, know, dude. that's, that's I, I basically how that you either. can save yourself.
2: I can tell you that for me, whenever I'm on a hot streak, when I start sitting down and working on the games, I swear to God that
1: the games jump off Jumping my right schedule. Out. They jump right well, off the my guys schedule. But the 15 straight games over here. If you don't have a game of the year this weekend, if you're not going to unload on a game of the year, when are you going to do it? You have to. Now's when you're seeing it clearly. Having
0: a game of the year. Yeah. How right. can you
1: not? How can you not? You shouldn't be betting the same amount this Saturday that you did four Saturdays right. ago. You're and on fire, dude.
2: And a lot of people they they like to look at games and they say, is it better to do the units or bet everything the same? And. I've given one analogy with that, and if you guys see me, you know that I I like to eat, so I use a food analogy. Cheeseburgers are great. Everybody loves a good cheeseburger. I like a good New York strip, too. They both taste good. One costs a hell of a lot more, and there's a reason for it. Absolutely. And I look at that same approach with the games. When I come up with a game, it's a good game. Both games are good, but this one game is better. There's more angles on it that favor it and tips the scale. Mm-hmm. That to me, I feel maybe the other game has a sixty percent probability of winning. This game has a seventy percent. probability. Some guys of winning. shouldn't
1: bet more on any. They have no yeah. self control. You know, it's like some guys shouldn't be betting at all anyway. Let alone betting different unit amounts. But if you really know how to approach this as a business and your your goal is to turn a profit, make money you have to be able to to move your bet range years, bet size up and down correctly that that way you're going to profit the most out of Tommy you
0: have anything on yeah just a couple of things I'll, what i'll do is before the season i'll i'll have a couple of games that are certain situations that i like before the season starts now those may change so I'll adapt as we go along. One of them, well, this one back from last year, was Florida LSU. God, I love that game. I bet it at ten on the game of the year thing when it came out because I just saw a blowout coming all over all over that one. But like Maddie said, I was cold, so I made it my SEC game of the year. I just didn't feel comfortable. Now, like Maddie said, I would unload on that Eagles. Same thing. I knew that they were nine and zero coming off a bye. Atlanta was better than I thought they would be, but they've struggled a little bit on the road. So I made I, I thought that was a great situation, and I didn't think I was going to get one better than that. So I, I do look at I have a few games like in college. I have a couple things that I look at, but situational is what I do before the season to try to pin it down. And the other thing, and this is just for me, it's it's a kind of a simplistic thing. My game of the year has got to be on a good team. Ethan Law had a phenomenal pick this week on the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. Incredible. against. Outstanding. I couldn't Incredible make pick. that my game of the year if you I told me the outcome before. I, I just can't do it. Because nah, nah. to me, if you bet Florida as a game of the year, they could have a mediocre game and still cover for you because of their talent. So many things have to go right, right for the Chiefs to cover on the road, right. and he hit them, man. I mean, big that was a great. Some big balls. For yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, I mean, that's a. And I, you know, I'm not. I'm
1: giving him props because no, I absolutely, do it. Yeah, you're winning. not slighting them. It but, was a, a great pick, but what you're saying, I agree with that too. If you're going to pick a big, big yeah. bet, sometimes you want like big, my college game of the year
0: isn't going to be on SMU, right? So many things have to go right for SMU, especially to cover if a team's a only
1: going to cover three games a year, right. trying to pick the three that they're going to cover. You know, it's a tough job.
2: One thing that you said, Tommy, and um, you got kind of a pregame nugget in there, and I don't think you realize it, but you said about looking at games going into the season, you might have things. One thing that I like to do is that during the year, whenever I'm watching games, if something happens in a game that's unusual, Mm -hmm. you know, you write it down in a journal so that you don't forget next year when it comes. You know, like the biggest example would be if somebody's winning by three touchdowns, and they're throwing the ball in the fourth quarter. Right. You write that down because you can rest assured that opposing coaching staff will not forget the fact that you threw the ball late in the fourth quarter with you know when you That's had right.
0: a huge lead. So you're saying something like if the Georgia if the entire team came out in the end zone and did a dance. <laughs> that people, may be the next people year people remember, so remember dance on the star
3: in Dallas.
2: Yeah, Those are but. things that you know you want to remember because some people won't, and, you know, it is a motivational factor.
0: Well, there you go. I mean, there's plenty of things that go into a game of the year. I know we all try to, you know, we all try to pull a Marco and win games with six-string quarterbacks and, uh, you know, punting once just a punt, and that was the best pick I've ever seen. i, I got to be honest with you. It's I, up there. I was so, I was it's following that guy. I was ahead. just so amazed. I kept telling my wife, this guy's unbelievable. This is a dream. But uh, congratulations, Marco. Um, now, so do you do you know when your NFL game of the year is going to be, or is it the NFL?
2: Um, unfortunately, the NFL, I I don't have a, a targeted section. What I will tell you, what I won't do, is generally I won't have it on Thanksgiving week because people are out of town; they don't have money to spend. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, for that's right. a tough weekend that, man it, it's, a, it's, it's a situation that sometimes you got teams away from their families and that you you, you know, I know so right. you don't know that they're you know they're professionals and they're supposed to do it but come on let's face it everybody goes to work nobody gives 110% every day of their job you know and so it's I a love how way. you
1: mapped out the whole season, man. I love I it. Don't it. let RJ hear that; you'll be in it. at four tomorrow. I love <laughs> it.
2: And the other thing is, I I do not want to do it in the last week of the season. Because oh, right. No too doubt many, about it. Too many teams just mail it in. I would even say the last couple weeks. I mean, you know. Tough. So generally speaking, the what I think is the the prime zone is the middle two weeks in November or the first two weeks in December. Those are the the prime zones that you a lot still have of playing for. Right. Yeah. Everybody still
0: of, got something to play for. All right, player. Well, there you go. Uh, hope we answered your question. I, we had a lot, of, a lot of good stuff there. So, um, Well, now we have our games of the week. And you know what? In honor of, of the game, I'm going to make mine my podcast game of the year. Damn. Wow uh, so, uh, I
1: thought giving out a three-star last year was weak, was
0: nice. So, Maddie, you're you're on a bit of a roll here with your Inside the Numbers play. Is that correct?
3: I think I believe so from Arco. I just wanted to get that in there, but yeah, I've won four in a row. I started off what one and one and four, so I'm finally over five hundred, and I've been going to the Big Twelve, uh, in three of those four plays. So I'm going to stick with that actually. And uh, there's a spot, you know, with Oklahoma this week that I just love. I know that we're talking about a big chalk play, obviously. You know, tw- you're looking at twenty two points, and I know Tommy. We talked about we talk about this pretty much every week when we talk about Oklahoma. Just that you're you're afraid with that that kind of a number, you know, worried about the backdoor cover. You know, obviously you had Kansas a couple weeks ago. It worked against Oklahoma. I think with a lot of the spotlight on Texas and Texas Tech this week, I think Oklahoma's really going to want to make a statement. I mean, they're not out of this by any means either. As far as you know, they're gonna they're gonna have a shot to to you know in the in the national championship picture before everything is said and done. I think too, if they if they you know you know run the table as well, they might have a shot to get in there. And, you know, they're playing Nebraska this week. And Nebraska, you know, kind of playing over their heads the last few weeks. I I had Texas Tech when they uh, took them to overtime. And uh, they were just on a horrible run against the spread on the road the last couple years. But um, I think they've been playing a little over their heads. And I think Oklahoma is just going to come out and win this game by at least 30 this week. So that's that's what I'm going with.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you there. I think uh, Nebraska's going to get a can opened up on them, and I'll tell you the reason why. Bob Stoops, not happy. 55 points in the first half against Kansas State, three in the second half. They got sloppy. They got complacent. Uh, you know, I heard he really cracked the whip. I mean, he you know, he's, he's told them well, just what you said. Listen, we still have a chance for a national title. That was a high-scoring game. We're lucky that they didn't, you know, catch up to us. We only scored a field goal in the second half. So I think they're going to be ready and I think they're going to And gonna I think a couple of the business. key numbers
3: here are, you know, Nebraska's 3 and 10 against the spread versus a team with a winning record and then you got the favorite in the series is 6 and 2 against the spread. Now the lines in the last couple meetings have been really small like, you know, field goal or less. This one's obviously bigger, but I I just think that Oklahoma yeah, I, I was a
0: big OU fan growing up, they own Nebraska, you don't got to worry about that. Um so the big number with Oklahoma, you say easy Marco, uh, can I make an observation here? Mm-hmm. A couple weeks ago, we had theme music, we had banners, stench game. With the well, what, what happened? happened to all the the ballyhoo about this uh, stench game?
2: Uh, five and three in the last eight, sir. So, you know, and uh, what can I say? Uh, you know, we had a couple uh, games. The one game we lost two weeks ago, we had Houston up twenty-one nothing and blew the blew the lead against Detroit for the backdoor cover. So, uh, you know. Things happen, but we'll you know we'll bounce back. Uh, One thing I want to mention, Maddie was a little bit modest there. Uh, You got a pretty good record going on Thursday nights there uh, this season, Mister Thursday Night. Mister Thursday Night. Oh yeah, we won
3: we won again last week with West Virginia. So I'm going to have. Speaking of which, a Big East uh, game of the month tomorrow night in the Cincinnati West, uh, Cincinnati. South Florida. So South Florida, Florida. yeah. That's Good dope. game. So we got that going 9-0 to on the <laughs> season uh, on Thursday night, so hopefully we can bring another winner home. Program. Double
2: whammy for you. You're Mr. Big East and you're Mr. Thursday we'll night, hopefully so that's a deadly a, combo. Hopefully. It, rumor has it that he has a little place he goes to on Thursday's deep eh, lunch. We can't a, devise no, where yeah, it's yeah, at. Don't, don't give out my team. We he's won't got give out the location, but I will He's, got, will a say, he's he, got a lucky charm. He's got a lucky charm. We'll say that he has his pregame meal for Thursday. He gets a Chicago dog. And, you know, he's set, and, you know... Why don't you but, just give the address? Well, no, there's a lot of places in Vegas that serve Chicago dogs, so, you know, I know where Matty will be at lunch tomorrow, and uh, good luck with that. And you, uh sir. Going to the stench game, we're going to... I'm going to give you another little handicapping uh, tidbit that I do. Uh, this game is a game that's not going to make sense, and that's generally what my stench games are. And this is a game that I, out of a theory that I call... The ABC theory, and what we have is Kent State playing Bowling Green this week.
0: Last week, game Kent smells State, just by the name of it. I had Kent last you week. You did. Congratulations. And I had Bowling Green. So, what do you got for us? Well,
2: what we're gonna look at here is Kent State went into Miami of Ohio last week and just laid a whooping on it. Oh, yeah. fifty-four to twenty-one as a three and a half point underdog. So, we're gonna make Kent State team A. We're going to make Miami of Ohio team B. Two weeks ago, Bowling Green, which we're going to make team C, went I'm and played <laughs> played Miami of Ohio. You took algebra on here,
1: confused.
2: They lost to Miami of Ohio, so you have Kent State drills Miami of Ohio. So if team A can beat team B, and team B Miami of Ohio turns around and beat team C Bowling Green, then obviously. Kent State should kick the crap out of Bowling Green today. That would be, you know, logic according to Team D. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but what I've got here is they opened this game up. You know, Bowling Green was seven and a half point favorite. It did dip below the seven. I didn't like that, but that's the way I expected the money to go. The money had to go to Kent State based on that common upon last
1: week too. Yeah, right.
2: I'm taking Bowling Green here, you know, laying you know, I'm look I'm respecting the opening number of Vega the lines maker here. I'm gonna take Bowling Green, I'm gonna lay it, it's the A B C game. We'll see if I pass the test or I flunk next
0: week. I like it. All I right. like it. So Vegas runner, has spoken. I Vegas like runner, you had an easy. You brought easy. your three star. I brought Kent a three star in the, in the back
1: pocket with Kent State. That was last like
0: week. Marco's game of the year. That was over before it started. What do you got for us uh, this week?
1: This, and and I want to explain something. Someone had wrote in my thread. Why don't you give out the NFL on the podcast play? The truth is because me and Marco do our Hilton picks Friday. Um, actually Friday morning we work all week on it, but Friday morning we do the final look through. And that's when I really am zoned into the NFL. So up until that time, I do bits and pieces, but I'm really concentrating on the college. Um, that's why, because we're doing the podcast earlier in the week. That's why I'm not giving out the NFL. I'm not holding back. Um, you know, just because the NFL is going well. Uh, this week, I'm going to stay. I'm going to go to the Pac-10. Uh, Cal is minus three. They're at home against Oregon last week. I have not seen so much money come in on one team in my life. People were betting Oregon over Arizona State like the game was over. And they were right. They blew them out, 54-20. to 20. Books got buried on that game, and I felt it because I was on the wrong side of that. I had ASU. Um, but now they have to play Cal. And the public perception is giving us so much value on this team. Bottom line, Oregon's still ranked. They're a top 25 team. Cal's nowhere to be seen on the AP, USA Today, BCS, nowhere. But if you take a look at the Oddsmakers poll, you'll notice Cal's number 14. They're a 5-2 team, undefeated at home, and improving every week. What they did to UCLA last week, minus 18, just blew them away. And I also like, you know, I always say people have a bad taste in their mouth. People were grabbing the points with UCLA last week. Bettors were lining up, taking the points with UCLA and they had to watch this Cal team beat them. So the last thing they want to do is back Cal. And now you got Arizona State, which they have a great feeling about. I mean, Oregon, who blew out Oregon State, Arizona State for them. They have a great feeling, and they're a three-point dog. I think the biggest edge is the public perception. And then you got to take a look at here goes Oregon, their second straight Pac-10 road game. And I got a Cal team at home who's been sitting back, licking their chops, ready to go 6-2, and two, and I only got to win by a field goal. I'm the guy that likes to bet the dogs, but in this situation, I'll lay the three all day with Cal. That's my podcast,
2: early steam play. I just want to say one thing, what you started about with the NFL, with you and me doing the Hilton contest and the way we're doing it. I do mine like in reverse. I actually, I always tell you, I do my NFL hard. Early, yeah. I do it on Tuesday, and I don't look at it again till we go over it Friday. I have all my notes, that, But it's like me and you drive one another. And you're the Philly guy. It's almost like the old Rocky movie. It's you know, Rocky and, <laughs> and Apollo and you, Creed yeah, yeah, drive yeah, yeah. one yeah. another on the beach. But it's made our NFL seasons. It's we spectacular. Were, you know, we've both had incredible it's NFL years this year. And it, it's and,
0: helped and so I have much. a bone to pick with you, Vegas runner. Give it to me. I am one spot away from being ranked in the Sports Monitors NFL. Guess who's the spot ahead of me?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> really? Yep.
1: Yeah. Oh wow, man! You, you're gonna get there this week. Wow! I, didn't even... I just
0: thought that was funny. I, I, they have the numbers, and I'm right below it. And I look up, and I see Vegas Runner. Pregame. That's a good. Com. See
1: all the pregame guys are there, <laughs> no, no, though. That tells you the quality. Marco, have you that.
2: lost a game on Sunday? Um, I've lost a couple games in Sunday, but I have not had a losing Sunday this year. You know, we've had eight, eight. Straight, eight straight winning Sundays. That's unbelievable. All right. Well, we've uh,
1: had a Sunday night game this week, too. We I, to you'll, be,
2: you'll be foaming at the bit there for that
0: one. And who would have ever thought? I would have never thought this in my lifetime, that we would be discussing a game of the week that wasn't Colts-Patriots. Patriots, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's always the biggest game in the NFL, and it's become an afterthought a little bit this season. But, um, yeah, I'm going to give you my podcast... Play of the year.
1: Uh-oh. I'm ready? running this down. You ready? for the
0: pen opening. Go ahead. Tennessee is all done in college football. Finished? They're done. Their whole season was last week against Alabama. They put everything into that. And you know what they realized? They're really, really bad. Their coach is going to get fired after this week. Because I wish you would
1: have told me that going into that game. Because
0: Steve Spurrier is going to get his wish. He's going to end Philip Fulmer's career. If you had a dollar for every time Spurrier embarrassed Fulmer, you'd be a rich man because he just whoops on him, like there's no tomorrow. Now Tennessee beat South Carolina last week. They're coming off a tough physical game, or last year, I'm, excuse me. Now they're coming off a tough physical game with Alabama last week, and there's South Carolina off with a bye week. What's good about that? They finally settled on a quarterback, Stephen Garcia. Spurrier likes him. They spent all week putting in things that he does well. He's the starter now. I thought he played well against against LSU. I actually thought they were the better team on the field that night. I had LSU in that game. thought I got a little lucky. Spurrier, South Carolina, blows Tennessee out by I like three it. touchdowns. I like it. Blows, Tennessee's all done. This like is the it. last time you're going to get value with Tennessee. I agree Tennessee they are, done. They because, showed you last week. Because... Right. because On pride, they were up for. They were there for Alabama for a while. Just didn't have the talent. Fulmer's out the door. The players know it. They can't. It's all over. That team is going to unravel. It starts this week. Steve Spurrier ends it. So that's my podcast play of the year. I like it.
2: All right. Congratulations on
3: your run, too. Absolutely phenomenal run. And I'm sure you'll be throwing out a game of the year this
0: week. Oh, yeah. I I got games of the year. I got everything coming. Who knows? We almost
2: forgot we got to give our podcast coupon for this week. Um, Phillies. Phillies.
1: They're (laughs) they're about to wrap up the series as we speak. They're they're
2: about to. uh, Since the game that we talked about was Florida, Georgia, and since you can't call it the cocktail party anymore, we're going to have the coupon, and it's going to be Cocktail 10. Cocktail 10, and we're going to give away $10 this week that you can use towards any pregame pro at our site, and we've got guys that are just on phenomenal runs. So enjoy that coupon, COCKTAIL10, all one word, and enjoy that. And back to you, Tommy. Okay, well, is it over?
1: Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Forget it, rolling. And it ain't over now.
0: Well, it is over. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. One last thing about college basketball, Michigan Wolverines. Watch them, baby. Watch them. <laughs> we'll see you next week on the Sports Betting Preview Show.